Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astro curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 142 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So today we're talking about astrology and money habits, and I have a special guest. I My guest is Kim Woods. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. It's so great to be here. I love talking about astrology. And I love talking about astrology too, as you can guess, but also I like talking about money. So I think this is a great topic. I think a lot of people are looking for different things in their astrology charts to understand how to max their lives out. So before we get started talking about the ins and outs of that, how did you get into astrology? Well, I was, this is going to sound weird at first, so just bear with me. I was brought up Catholic and my mother believed in astrology. What? Like, so that was super great. So the astrology window has always been open. I can remember when I was about seven, my mother going to an astrologer and I was like coloring with, you know, another little girl that their mother must have been going to an astrologer too. Um, So I have images and remembrances of seeing big coffee table books, you know, the Parker House astrology guide or, you know, what with Linda Goodman, I think, right? So um, lucky for me, window was always open. And I didn't really get into it until I met Stephen Forrest's work on evolutionary astrology. I went and studied with him for years and it just opened up a whole new way to look at it that I loved. And so I have never looked back. And you also do coaching work too. I do. Yeah. And how do you combine astrology? First of all, I want to, because that got me nosy. How do you combine astrology with your coaching? So I do. I'm a business strategist. So let's be even more clear about the fact that I do business work. I do money work and I do astrology work and they're all combined. And I front face with astrology. That's not negotiable. We enter through your stars and the stars, you know, they illuminate every single aspect of who you are and they help you determine your full potential and your true life purpose and how you use power and how, what your leadership style is, what your money signature is, what your energy signature is. It goes hand in hand with business perfectly and beautifully. Well, I I totally... Yeah, I totally agree. I use astrology for my business all Mm -hmm. the time. I've been doing that for many, many years. And one of the things I say, it works. When you are aware of how the cosmos is flowing and also your natal charts promise, you can show up as the best version of you. And also you can navigate whatever's going on out there in the best way possible. So I'm a huge believer. Absolutely. And think about the times now, they're so uncertain that if, if, if we want to say that there could be certainty, this is, the stars are a really good way to help reveal what is coming. Let's just yes. say it that way. What we do about it is up to us, but the revelation is available should we want to look at it. So let's then dive into, you said, you know, uh, that it's up to us. Let's talk about our money habits now, because yes. that is our topic. What do we need? What I mean, what does astrology reveal about our money habits? What do we need to know? Where do we look? Everything. It reveals everything about your money habits, by the way. So, so traditionally, people would start talking about the second house and they would start talking about what the sign is in the second house because that is the house of money. 
And so you can you can look at that, right? You can say, okay, what does money mean to me? How do I value it? That's really the question that's being asked of the second house. So if you were to have that in Aquarius, for example, then there's then there's the ability to have like an eclectic or non-traditional way that you could bring in money. You could be using you know technology for that, or or maybe you value money in a way that is forward-facing and it's you know freedom-loving. When you look at the eighth house, the other house that's more traditionally looked at regarding money, that's more from a wealth creation perspective. How do you hold on to money? How do you help money grow itself? How do you how do you treat money? How do you how do you recover in cyclic activity? So, you know, example could be that that house could be in Capricorn. Right. So so think about the eighth house in Capricorn. We can get a little smile for those of us with no astrology. Um because they don't, they don't, they don't necessarily not get along. They, but they excite each other a little bit. So, so Capricorns love the long view and love to know exactly what's coming. And the eighth house loves the mystery and loves the cycle. So I bet they mess with each other. You know, uh, I could just imagine them there, kind of just you know, if you can think of a sign in a house, just kind of duking it out. Um, but you would value, you know, you would value wealth tremendously with with Capricorn in that house. But I like to look at more than more than just those two things. And we talked money habits. You know, there's a lot of people that believe in the law of attraction. And so how do you attract money? I love to look at Venus for that. Because I know because Venus is about value, but she's also the one that likes to go out there and say, here I am, you know, and, and do I want to connect with you or not? So, you know, from a business perspective, we can definitely look at that from client generation and marketing and sales, but we can also look at it for what is your attraction signature? You know, where does she reside on your chart? Is she in the upper, you know, half between seventh house and 12th house? I'd say 11th, right? Um, Or is she in that lower half where she's a little bit more personal? And so you might want to do things in collaborative form or a little bit more high touch versus doing things that, you know, like if she's in the 10th house, for example. You know, you probably want to host a podcast, <laughs> right? But but so her ability to attract people to you can be her ability to attract money into your life. So do you want so, to? Well, it, well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about Venus being about attracting money, because a lot of times I think people think of it as only attracting love. But mm-hmm. it is really attracting all the things in our lives that, you know, make us feel good. So that makes sense. And love and money have the same, they sit in the same place in the body. They both sit in the belly. They sit in the sacral chakra. So if you think about it, if you're, if you're queuing up love, you're queuing up your value, you're queuing up, you know, ease and harmony. This is all Venusian. You're, you can also be queuing up money. you can be doing all those things. So are there things that you look for in a chart that might be problematic? I mean, what would be something that would be concerning, but also more importantly, how do you then change the habit? I mean, or are you stuck with it? Let's put it that way too. Yeah. The reason why I love the evolutionary aspect of astrology, it's all about potential. It's all about, yes, we, we are, we are certainly that natal chart is what we wanted to come in with, right? That's our soul's mission for us in this life. And so when we look at that, we can say, huh, like I have Saturn at the top of my chart, right in the midheaven. Wow. Happens to be in Pisces probably not an awesome effect for money because Pisces is etheric and, you know, dreamy and imaginative and doesn't really make things real and cyclic and flowing. Oh, there's my midheaven. There's that 10th house right at the start of it. I have Saturn sitting there. Saturn is, 
is the one that wants to make you work, wants to make you make sure, keeps you alone, makes you make hard choices, makes you just keep climbing that path with like 14 pounds on your back and adds with every step another 15 pounds. And then says, oh, you thought you made it to the summit. No, it's really base camp. Sorry, Kim. Right? So that doesn't feel awesome. So if I were to see that in somebody's chart, I would talk to them about, you're going to want to take, it might be a winding road, but you're going to be learning things along the way that you're going to want to master. You're going to become a master. It may come later in life. This is all Saturnian, um, but you will get there. You will succeed. And here's, here's, you want to be patient. Sorry about that. Oh, no. Here's the thing with Saturn, too. You know, Saturn is one of the malefics. And a lot of times when people see Saturn in a money house, they assume they're going to be broke. And I've seen a lot of people who have Saturn in the second house who, number one, if they understand astrology, they assume that or they have poverty consciousness like or or old habits that they learn from the parents. How do you deal with Saturn if it's lands in like your second or eighth house? Yeah. So, and, and that's an excellent question. So I tell people to lean into Saturn. I say, let's go, let's not avoid Saturn. Let's, let's, let's make friends with Saturn and let's say, okay, it is going to be hard work. It is going to be more choice. You are going to have to do Saturn wants you to give things up. He does. He's, he, he's very much about choice. So you want to be a good decision maker. You want to be able to make choices for yourself that are aligned with your your mission, right? Like your true life purpose. When you do that, Saturn becomes a great friend to have. Saturn is the one that serious commitment, long lasting bonds, um, you know, loyal, whether we can say followers or clients or business or bosses or you know, you could be at a you could be at a job for a long time. You could have a client engagement that's really long. You want to you want to think long. You do also want to think a little bit traditional. You know, I don't love to bring, you know, the traditional in all the time, but in this case, I would absolutely say you most likely would do something traditional. You also want to bring in the practical. Saturn loves practicality. Mm-hmm. You know, I have Saturn in my fifth house. Mine is in Pisces, just like yours. Okay. And it's very negatively aspected uh, by like Mars and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And one thing I've learned about with Saturn in the fifth house and having all those weird aspects is when it comes to things like investing, because the fifth house has a lot to do with speculation, Mm -hmm. that I'm not a gambler. I'm very conservative when it comes to that. And I found having an expert, which is very Saturn energy. I hired an expert to handle the money things, and it's been working out great for me. Because my tendency when we talk about habits is to never invest to never take a risk, to be scared. And I thought, you know, listen, Tara lady, you are not going to be getting yourself secure in old age if you are fearful. You can't let Saturn do that. So for investing, get a teacher, get somebody who is going to support you and help you to do it so you feel safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I love that you brought that up about Saturn. Saturn is, he loves to have a guide. He's a mentor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very expert energy, like all those, all those words are beautiful. Um, you know, speaking of growing money, most often people look at the eighth house. Of course, I love to look at the eleventh house. I love to see because that's the house of the future, right? Like that's a house of strategy and planning. And so, may not be investment, which is fine. It may be how do you want to bring money into your life in your later years, or how do you want to bring money into life in the big, larger collective? You know, so you want to make sure that you are definitely looking at that house as well. 
Well, that's so interesting because I never thought about looking at the 11th house in that way. And I've got a full 11th house. So that is obviously something I'm going to need to play around with. So what about money growing? Let's talk about the goody, goody stuff, the stuff. I mean, everybody wants to hear when they get an astrology reading, I'm going to be rich. Where do you find wealth in the chart? I mean, what might indicate that? And also, more importantly, what will show how you manage that money for good or for ill? Absolutely. So, so we know like Jupiter is a really great, you know, energy to look at where Jupiter is and what is Jupiter aspected by. So Jupiter in the first house, you're most likely out in the world. You, you know, you have the ability to shine your brilliance. People have the ability to find you relatively easily. That's a beautiful indicator of your ability to then attract work to you in any way, shape or form. Um, And, and with Jupiter, he's going to make it easy for you. So it doesn't have to be quote unquote hard work. You know, it could be things that you're passionate about. It could be things that that you're like, oh, this is so easy. I can't believe that people call this work. You know, looking at, I love to look at Taurus. Mm-hmm. I love to see what your what where Taurus lies in your chart, what you what you feel about Taurus, meaning meaning what is it, are there any planets there? If so, are they aspected? Is is Taurus off hanging out maybe in the ninth house or something? You know, and the ninth house is about international, it's about you know, cross culture, it's about higher education, higher learning. I would love to know what you what you've done in that those areas and how you can really leverage Taurus. I love Taurus for wealth. I mean, I just mm-hmm. love Taurus. And then of course you're going to be looking at, at, you know, where Venus is because that's, you know, uh, highlighted by Taurus. Cause that's, that's the Taurus energy too. Um, I love to look at Virgo, which, which people don't often do. I mean, we could look at the sixth house of course, but I love to look at Virgo more because I feel like that gives me a better lens on the practicality. What are you doing day to day? How are you administering, managing, bookkeeping, you know, scheduling? Like what, what is going on with Virgo for you? Because that's going to help you whether, whether money's just going to flow through your hands or money's going to stick to you in some way. And you're going to be appreciative of, of the elegance of the administration of money. Well, I love that because I got a couple of planets in Virgo and I do like managing my money. So that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So the other question I have too, now let's talk about transits. Are there any yeah. transits that you need to pay attention to that might show how you're gaining or perhaps maybe need to make some different decisions? Well, let's look, I mean, let's just go into the grand conjunction that just came through, right? On, on the winter solstice or excuse me, the solstice, depending on what hemisphere you're in. So we can look at that. That's a 20 year cycle. Right. So that's that's kind of overarching the, the energies that you have, because when when Saturn and Jupiter kiss, right, like they, they were conjunct and that was like they were closest to us in 800 years. And we, we know all, all the things about that. I'm sure you've talked about this um, over the last handful of months. And so I don't want to belabor things that you may have already covered, but I love to look at that and say, where is that in your chart? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yes, we know it was in Aquarius. We know it was at zero degrees. So it was like huge in and of itself, bringing in that futuristic freedom, loving ease, creating energy that, that Aquarius does. That's very forward looking technologically as well as grassroots. Um, so that's what I've been looking at with clients and saying, okay, what has happened since then? Mm-hmm. And, and what do we can look at what that 20 year arc can look like for you, but we can also look at, we know that Uranus and, 
and um, and Saturn are squaring each other, right? And that we're going to be, I think the last exact is in December. I think it's yep. the 24th. Um, and then it that carries through till October of next year, right? So, and that is the shock and awe of Uranus with that hard choice of Saturn. I loved this year in the beginning of the year because Jupiter's right in the middle of it. Jupiter's moved off, but, um, and Neptune is there. And, and you know, so it's, when you're looking at Neptunian energies, I'll just go you have Neptune, Uranus, and Saturn. When you're looking at Neptune in Pisces right now, and will be for another handful of years, where is that? Because that could be the wispy money is almost there, but it's not quite there yet. I want to get into that and feel how that feels with you. I also want to look at that shock and awe that Uranus and Saturn are doing, what hard choices you're making in your life. And then we have dear Pluto, right? We have we have lovely Pluto. So Pluto and Capricorn going to be there for another, you know, where I can't do math, like four more years or three more years. Um, and so how is that impacting you right now? Mm. Because Pluto is the wealth generator um, in its purest form. I, I That transformative energy that Pluto holds. How have you been wrangling with Pluto since 2008? I ask my clients that a lot. And that's a great question. And by the way, for people who are listening, the, the great conjunction we're talking about are when Jupiter and Saturn aligned in Aquarius at the at December, the end of December 2021. Or 2020, excuse 2020, me. Yep. And you know, that was really significant because that only happens every 20 years. And it's fascinating because it landed right on my fourth house cusp, like the home. So it was like whoa, a lot of things around the home and property. And that makes sense because we're going to be doing a lot of renovating and that is going to be the big focus for the next couple of years. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. That's perfect. You know, if it were to hit in the seventh house, it would be relationship. You know, if it hit in the 10th house, it's about work. First house, it's about everything in your life. You know, I just wanted to go through the angles in the chart, right? Just to give people a little bit of a glimmer um, of, of what that looks like. Um, you know, those are big, large transits. You know, if you want to go into the more personal planets, I always want to know what Jupiter's up to. Of course, yep. we want to know what Jupiter's up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to know what Mars is up to, too, because Mars is your drive, is your verve, is the, are you willing to take risks? Jupiter loves it when you take risks. You know, Jupiter is all about, did you take a leap of faith yet? You know, Teresa, did you take a leap of faith, Kim? Because if you didn't, I'm going to push you to do that. And and you can look at Mars to say, what flavor of bravery do you have in your natal chart? But then you can look at, we we'll see where Mars is now. And, you know, pretty much, unless it's every other year retrograde, which it isn't in 2021, it's like every six weeks, mm-hmm. it's going through the, the signs. And so I want to I want to look at that for somebody, especially for a business person who who does things with launches and who does things mm-hmm. with workshops and who does things with group program. Then we can look at the launch, launch sequence and we can say, OK, this would be a more opportune time for you to launch than that would be. So I have one last question for you. What happens if you have somebody and you're looking at their money habits in their chart and their partners are the opposite? Yeah. How do we reconcile that? Because I will say my husband and I. We have very opposite things astrologically when it comes to our money houses. What do we do? Well, I think the first thing is to be aware of them, right? To, to, to go in and say, okay, these are my money signatures and partner, these are your money signatures. Let's let's appreciate them at the first set because we if we don't appreciate them, we're just going to be butting heads, especially if, if they're in opposition, right? I do like oppositions though, Teresa, because there's an opportunity to open up both pieces mm. of the energy. So that's what I would do. Cause I do, I, we do, I do a lot of synastry as well, which for people that may not know that's relationship 
glimmers too. So I like to look at, you know, why did you come together? What is your, what is your combined destiny or, or potential? Mm -hmm. And then what are your individual ones? And I do literally walk through money signatures. This may be yours. This may be your spouses or partners. Let's, let's get to know them. And then let's get to know how we can lean into the strengths of each one to help offset the areas for improvement, let's just say, right? Because we all have areas for improvement. So it's nice when someone has a different aspect because that means you can help each other out. Mm, I love that. Right? And I will lean into the energy. Oh, he's really strong in managing, but you're really strong in attracting or he's really great at growing and and you're really great at managing. Well, I, yeah. I got to tell you, I wish I would have uh, came across you 30 years ago when we got together because the money thing, it's not that we were arguing about money, but our styles were so different. It really took a lot of time to figure out that groove. And if we would have had someone to talk us through this, this could have been a very helpful way for us to come together and work together and not feel that stress that we used to feel. We had to learn it the hard way. Right. Right. I know that's the thing that the awareness gives so much more appreciation for it. Like, oh, babe, you're just not good at growing money. That's okay. We're not going to have you do the investment part then. Right. Yes. You're a disaster at managing. I will handle that. Right. Yes. um, Yeah. It's, it is, it's illuminating. It absolutely is. And this conversation has been so great. Uh, I love learning about you know, whatever I can about astrology. And I think this is information that is very helpful, especially right now we're living in such, like you said, an uncertain time and knowing how our our cosmic makeup is and what to look for can help us to make better decisions so we can create security for ourselves. Absolutely. I totally agree. So what I, this is what we do. We do this all the time, every day, day in, day out. We love it. Well, I love this conversation, Kim. This is so much amazing information. Now, let's say people want to work with you. They want to learn about their money. They want to learn about business. Uh, and they want this astrology. Where can they connect with you? So we're, we're everywhere, which is beautiful. So website is kimwoods.com. Social handles on Insta, Facebook are Kim Woods channel, like literally C-H-A-N-N-E-L. On LinkedIn, it's Kim E. Woods. And I will tell you on Facebook, we do a monthly forecast and we do lunar ritual, which is moon rituals every single month. That's, we call it the power up group. If you go to Kim Woods channel on Facebook, look for the power up group, join it. It's free. We're in there all the time. And I say, we have a team of, there's now 10 of us. um, So we do this work and we love gifting like we do. That's what we do because generosity feeds itself. Money loves generosity. The energy is exactly the same. So um, come follow us. Well, I will definitely be checking out more of that work over on Facebook. And for people who are listening, uh, make sure that you are signing up for the Facebook group, checking out everything that Kim is up to and learn from her. And maybe you can also find a way to understand your relationship with money and make better decisions. Kim, thank you so much for being such a great guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to be here. All right, people, that's all for today's episode. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, you know what to do. You're going to get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that's the best way to help new listeners discover the show. And of course, I appreciate that so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes, 
and so much more. Again, that's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.